Let's say we're planning to open a donut shop. We could spend hundreds of hours debating what percentage of the donut should be chocolate and what percentage should be vanilla. If we take the action of opening the shop, we will learn more about how many of each flavor to make in one day than we could in a year of abstract thinking. The world of donut eaters will give us the information we need. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing Lessons for Living, What Only Adversity Can Teach You. The author is Phil Stutz, and the book is published in 2023. I wanted to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with The Illusion, Transmutational Motivation, Keep Commitment, Turn Wisdom into Action, Rise Above Envy, and then finish it off with Power of Self-Love. So let's begin with the introduction. Quote, maybe you're here because you read the tools or because you saw me in the Netflix documentary called Stutz. I've become known as the psychiatrist to the stars, a description that bothers me as much as it likely bothers you. The best thing I can do to refute that misconception is to tell you what I've learned as a psychiatrist over the last 40 years. One day, I was looking around my office and came upon a bunch of short essays I had written in the 1990s and early 2000s sitting on a shelf. I realized I needed to release them to a broader audience. Not only do they address the larger, deeper themes I was trying to get across, but they are even more relevant today than they were when I was writing them all those years ago. Why? Because the problems they address have gotten worse, not better. As a psychiatrist, I see the effect of this worsening every day. The pandemic, the proliferation of social media, greed, the dysfunction of our divisive political system. All these things have made our sense of isolation even worse. Therapy without faith in higher forces is likely to leave you feeling worse than ever before. Working on yourself doesn't have to be selfish. If you do, you have more energy, not less. That energy will transform the world. This book shows you why and how. End quote. All right, friends, welcome to the incredibly insightful Phil Stutz. He is the co-author of The Tools, which is one of my favorite practical books of all time. The book is a quick read, clocking in at less than 200 pages, yet it's brimming with wisdom. Life throws its fair share of challenges our way. None of us get a golden ticket to skip the tough stuff. It's a hard pill to swallow, but if we're serious about unlocking our full potential, we've got to embrace this truth. Lessons for Living doesn't shy away from the messy reality of life. We're talking about the needs of kids, kicking envy to the curb, demolishing those pesky habits, finding the silver lining in anger, and staring down our insecurities. It's not just a guide on dealing with life's challenges. It's a whole new mindset, a fresh perspective on life itself. It truly spills the beans on how to embrace the tough times, flip them on their head, and turn them into a sweet source of growth and wisdom. Ready to dive in and rethink your approach to life's twists and turns? Let's begin. Insight number one, the illusion. Quote, our culture denies the nature of reality. It holds out a promise that you can live in an ideal world where things come easily, a world in which unpleasant experiences can be avoided, where there is never a lack of immediate gratification. Worse, it suggests that if you do not live in this world, something is wrong with you. 
The ideal world is a realm of illusion. No matter how promising this world seems, it does not exist. Be honest. Your life experiences have been far from ideal, but what you have experienced is what is real, not what you would like to experience. In short, the nature of reality is this. Life includes pain and adversity. The future is uncertain. Accomplishment of any kind requires discipline. You are not special. No matter what you do, you cannot avoid these aspects of life. And finally, this will never change. Yet, there always seems to be others who are exempt from the adversity of daily living. The media portrays them to us. They are physically more perfect. They do not have worry. They are certain of their course through life. They are secure in themselves. These people seem to have abolished the negative aspects of life. And this power makes them special. When everyone acts as if a fantasy is real, it begins to seem real, but only for someone else. In your own life, you find yourself unable to take risk. You don't know how to make a decision. Your financial future is uncertain. Your face has a new wrinkle. There is nothing wrong with this. This is how it feels to be alive. The problem is that the other group has become the standard, and self-esteem starts to depend on being like them. The natural experiences of living make you feel like a failure, end quote. So good. Let me break that down a little bit more. Life comes with its fair share of curveballs. And you know what? Adversity isn't picking on you. It's throwing punches at everyone in the ring of life. Now here's the brilliance of this insight. Having a life jam-packed with challenges doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Here's my two cents on this. From years of trying to figure it out, adversity, best teacher in the game. And those obstacles, they're like the personal trainers of life, helping to make you stronger. Insight number two, transmutational motivation. Quote, just to say it plainly, human beings can never be made happy by the material world. We are spiritual beings and can be emotionally healthy only when we are in touch with the higher world. This is not an abstract philosophy. It's a description of our nature. But it requires constant work to stay in touch with these forces. And yet, it's also our nature to try and avoid this work. Thus, we are prey to the illusion that we can remain spiritually passive because something outside us will restore our mood. End quote. That is absolutely spot on. This is why people tend to pin their gloomy mood on the world outside. It's a wake-up call for everyone. Relying on the external world to have our backs isn't a sure bet. The real deal it's all about managing the good stuff on the inside by accepting responsibility for your emotional state. Quote, Here is one very effective tool that I call transmutational motivation. It helps you transmute negative emotions into pure motivation, a higher type of will that allows you to move forward in life. Begin by feeling the heavy, demoralized feeling you have when you're depressed. Focus on it and tell yourself that you're going to change that feeling into something positive. Imagine that up above your head, there is a powerful flow of energy, a jet stream. Now picture yourself taking a specific action that represents forward motion in your life. It can be a risk, something you've avoided doing, or even some daily practice like writing, exercising, or meditating. Tell yourself that nothing else matters except taking the action. End quote. Stutz says you must visualize yourself rocking that positive action, like a mental snapshot right above your head in the jet stream. Now. Get ready to soar into that picture by really feeling yourself in action. When you're feeling that buzz, open your eyes and make a solid commitment to actually take that pictured action. Give it a shot and soak in the energy boost it brings to your life. 
Insight number three, keep your commitments. Quote, commitment has to do with connecting the past, present, and future. Commitment need not apply to long periods of time. In fact, it is best practiced over periods of one day or less. It implies that once you make a promise to yourself to do something, you keep that promise. If you commit to working out at 10 in the morning, you must show up and work out at that time. Precision here counts. 10 o'clock becomes an opportunity to prove to yourself that you will keep your commitments. Once you get in the habit of functioning this way, life becomes a rhythm of commitment, action, commitment, action, end quote. This brings to mind Jeff Olson's wisdom in The Slight Edge, where he dives into the concept of the slight edge integrity. It's simple but powerful. Every time you break a promise to yourself, you chip away at your own integrity. Remember the golden rule, D-W-Y-S-Y-W-D. Do what you say you will do. Why? Well, it's the key to keeping the trust alive with yourself. Imagine if all you did in 2024 was zero in on this. I'm betting it would lead to some serious strides toward your most important goals in life. Now let me bring the amazing Ed Milet into the conversation where he shares his thoughts on self-integrity and self-confidence. Here's Ed. The process of building self-confidence is actually very easy, believe it or not. Self-confidence is self-trust. Self-confidence is building a reputation with yourself that you keep your word to you, that you keep the promises you make to you. When I meet somebody who has a ton of self-confidence, I don't look at that as somebody with a big ego. There's a difference. Somebody with self-confidence has a reputation with themselves that I do the things I say I'm going to do. That's where self-confidence comes from. When I meet someone who is not self-confident, I know this is someone who has consistently made promises to themselves they've not kept. They've started a diet and done it for a while, but not kept it. They've made a commitment and goals to go make a certain amount of money in business. And they started down the road, but then they didn't deliver on it long-term to get up at a certain time of the morning, and then they don't do it. And so they have a process and a habit in their life, more often than not, of not keeping the promises they don't make to other people. They don't keep the promises they make to themselves. And so the cool thing is, self-confidence is an internal game. You do not need external accolades, external admiration in order to build self-confidence. You don't need any of those external forces. It's all done internally. You control this. And you control this by beginning today to keep the promises you make to yourself. Thanks so much, Ed Milet. I wanted to share that because I wanted to reinforce the importance of keeping promises to yourself. Insight number four, turning wisdom into action. Quote, we view intelligence as a dried out thought process that goes on inside our heads, but that's only the lower form of intelligence called knowing. Higher intelligence is called wisdom. It's not inside your head, it's spread out into the world around you. The will to take action connects you to this world of wisdom. If wisdom is out there, then the only way we can gain it is by taking action. The will is more intelligent than the process of thinking. Let's say we're planning to open a donut shop. We could spend hundreds of hours debating what percentage of the donut should be chocolate and what percentage should be vanilla. If we take the action of opening the shop, we will learn more about how many of each flavor to make in one day than we could in a year of abstract thinking. The world of donut eaters will give us the information we need. End quote. All right. To all you seasoned podcast enthusiasts out there, I can almost hear the collective thought bubble. Herb, you dropped these wisdom bombs about taking action many times before. Yes, guilty as charged, but here's the twist. Despite diving into hundreds of books, I still catch myself playing the procrastination game. 
It's not about deja vu. It's about whether this advice has settled in your brain and sparked some new behaviors on your end. Let's turn those aha moments into action moments, shall we? Insight number five, rise above envy. Quote, each of us has a preordained path through life. The path involves challenges, some very painful. We need the challenge to teach us to connect to something bigger than ourselves. The key is to train yourself to feel that whatever is happening to you right now is what's supposed to be happening, even if it isn't what you think you want. Each event in your life is personally meaningful because it belongs uniquely to you. This sense of meaning gives you the strength to then take the next step on your path, which is the only thing within your control. Envy blocks our path because envy makes it impossible to experience meaning. When you envy someone, you are telling yourself you'd rather be on their path than on your own. This makes your own path and life meaningless. End quote. Stutz is dropping some truth bombs, and he's not just saying we should avoid envy like we're avoiding people in the pandemic. Nope. He goes full superhero mode and declares that there's one powerhouse capable of taking envy head on, and that's love. According to him, when you shoot genuine love vibes towards someone, it's like acknowledging that whatever they've got is part of their unique journey and has zero to do with you. Love becomes your secret weapon against the envy monster, giving you the superpower to appreciate others without feeling the sting of comparison. Insight number six, the power of self-love. Quote, it's taken me years to discover what self-love really means. Now I realize it's the single most potent factor in human development. Self-love is the process of accepting the most inferior part of yourself. Anyone can accept the great part. That's easy. The work is to accept the part of ourselves that we're ashamed of. The Jungian shadow. What he defined as the thing a person has no wish to be but can't get rid of. Self-criticism is our reaction to the failure to live up to our illusions about ourselves. But these failures are actually the most important moments in our lives. These are the times when our shadow breaks through. Mistakes and failures are supposed to trigger love. If we learn to love our shadow at these times, we become whole and gain the confidence that comes from accepting ourselves. End quote. Self-love packs a punch. It's not just important. It's vital. Picture it like Teflon for your soul, making you unfazed by the reactions of others. It's the one thing that amps up your boldness and lets you cruise through life with ease. With self-love in your corner, making mistakes becomes a breeze and bouncing back lightning fast. It's like wearing a personal superhero cape, giving you the resilience to navigate life's twists and turns. Quote, Self-love isn't giving up and telling yourself it's okay. That's denial. It means nothing to accept your failings if you make no effort in the first place. If you're too lazy to commit to life, you won't have the energy needed for real self-love. When you attack yourself, you are completely in your head, caught up in your judgments, that's a very limited world in which to live, and it gives you a limited view of your own potential, end quote. Now picture this. If you're not willing to put in the effort and commitment to navigate life's challenges, you'll find yourself lacking the energy needed for genuine self-love. It's not about laziness, but rather about investing the time and dedication to truly embrace life. Now let's talk about the harsh side effect of self-attack. When you're constantly at war with yourself, it's like being trapped in a tiny mental bubble, drowning in your own judgment. It's a cramped, limited world that does nothing to illuminate your potential. 
Attacking yourself keeps you locked in the headspace that stifles growth, preventing you from seeing the possibilities within your reach. And there you have it. We've unwrapped all the juicy insights from this awesome little book. In other news, it's not farewell today. It's just see you later. Because this marks the final episode of the podcast in 2023. And I'm gearing up to kick off the new year with a bang in January of 2024. I just wanted to take a moment to share a massive shout out to all you incredible listeners out there. And a special high five to those who dropped some feedback. You guys rock. This podcast is a two-way street of awesomeness for me. It keeps me diving into books, soaking up knowledge, and then dishing out that wisdom to all of you. It really is a win-win, and I am so grateful for each one of you lending me your precious time. So here's to you, the wisdom seekers, and here's to an amazing 2024. Until then, have the happiest of holidays, and I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lamb. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.